podcast a deep breath in and a deep breath out ciao pat how's it going ah it's going it's going well how are you very good very good it's um um summer is a good time for conversation i notice right you know it's uh Days are longer, at least in this part of the world, and uh, there are more occasion to, uh, you know, sit. And so I, I've been having a lot of chats in these days, um, and it's nice, right? And I always notice um, one thing is that sometimes, while having discussion, we are not always aware of the body, right, and of the things around. We just, you know, totally focus on the conversation and our thoughts and so on. And it's easy to slip away, right? So it's a good mm. practice to just keep, you know, always the body in mind um, once uh, talking and having discussions, right? You know, where are the eyes? Where is the posture? How is the body feeling in that moment? How many thoughts are passing by before um, before you're listening, right? And so on. So I like this, this period. Summer is nice. Yes. And... Um... I know you and I both like the cold, but yes. it's also been it's also been very hot. <laughs> so you can also lots of pay attention in the body when the when the heat's so high. Lots of record breaking in, in the world these days, right? For heat. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. And yeah, this what's interesting how you how you brought that up because this week um, we're running two courses, three courses. Mm -hmm. And session two is keeping the body in mind mm -hmm. and body scan, but also, you know, what you're saying, this practice of 50, 50, or keeping attention on your anchor. So you're, you're more grounded, you're more centered and accessing more of the data that's present in a given moment mm -hmm. and not getting too carried away with the thinking or the automatic pilot. Yeah. Any hint you have for, listeners to keep it in mind more easily so right now as um maybe you can soften the gaze or close the eyes just to activate the other senses more vividly and maybe bringing attention to somewhere in your body that's most most vivid most steady or grounding perhaps it's the feet coming into contact with the floor right now. If you're seated, maybe it's the sit bones mm -hmm. pressing against the cushion or the hands, or maybe it's the sensations of breathing. And what's fascinating is we're able to pay attention to this and you're still understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth. So if you've had your eyes close maybe opening them up and seeing if you can still maintain some focus there as we continue with the podcast today oh, yes. <laughs> okay so find the easy spot and keep it and keep it there the attention and at the same time everything else it's keeping always in the, i i was the, the there is a good book of the sharon um salzberg that um she she she's talking about the the crowd mm. uh, and thinking like if you think about a friend 
in when you spot a friend in the crowd, right? Uh, yeah. So like imagine you have like a very super crowded kind of square, right? A lot of people, but you see your friend there, right? And you just, you just walk towards your friend, right? So yeah. basically you are still aware of the crowd, but your focus is on the friend. And mm -hmm. you're not missing that that person. Like you keep following that until just you gather and you meet. So that's actually the same as you do with the uh, maybe the, with the body. It's like you focus on the body, but you still are aware of anything else that is happening. Yeah. Um, it's not impossible, right? It's uh, definitely something you can do there. Yeah. Um, what are the news uh, for for the day? Um, so, Kindred, the, the month of July, we're calling Magic in the Ordinary. And, you know, just finding those those little things that that are in our in our daily lives mm -hmm. um we we have like a mindfulness champion of the month so just a big shout out to to beatrice oh. uh, or eats she's been uh, yeah what does uh, a mindfulness champion do she um the, the they're very active in the community oh, okay. They um, they've been contributing a lot, and I think you two would connect very well because she's a, she's an artist. She's been doing a lot of the imagery, and she she also you know paints, and I think she's a tattoo artist outside of Ooh. outside of Kendra. Um Other than that, you know, we have our we our courses. Draw, always as we are drawing a tattoo, right? something that is <laughs> never gonna go away. So you really need super care, right? In what yeah, true, true. Uh, we have um, yeah, courses running, and I, I think we might um, be be running some pilots around mindful leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an external app that's interested in doing some pilots with us, uh, so we might get into that. But I think it's just kind of business as as usual here. Nice. What about at IBM? Uh, here, the, um, there are the, the, the works for the summit started. There are already some concepts and ideas. Uh, mm. Redefining maybe how it's going to be the summit this year, right? Uh, so we meet every week, every Tuesday, around, uh, I think it's 4, 4.30 Central Time. Let's see what is Eastern Time. It should be around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. 10 a.m., yeah. Um, and uh, so if you want to just volunteer, right, we, we need always someone, not only for uh, brainstorming, thinking, but also, you know, for all the administrative work and what is required to reorganize a, a good event for, for us and for any other IBMer that might be interested in. Uh, and then as well, we have the, um, uh, the f finalization of the, uh, the, the MBCE to start so between now and August, we're going to just work on that. So these are basically the two activities. For the rest, uh, practice are, are going on, right? Um, and uh, and I will, we will try to bring more information about, you know, what are the various updates um, in a, a type of a quarterly newsletter, right? Uh, but is you know you you have it more much more often. But in this case, already quarterly would be nice. So we will just try to group everything. So. One final call to action for you. If something super cool is happening in your location at IBM, that means in the office there are mindfulness sessions or you have a new practice that started or there is, you know, you just uh, did an amazing, uh, you know, you created a mindful room or whatever thing, let us know so that we can put it in the common newsletter.
Okay. Well, that's but. Yeah, um, Kindrel's going to get involved with uh, the summit and see oh, yeah. how we can collaborate. So yes. Kindrel's listening as well. Putting um, the puzzle together. Yeah, putting the puzzle together. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, of course, and then we can all meet together in the same time zone and t time and Monday, um, right? And just whoever is from Kindred as well, just that's, we just join a WebEx and see what we we have to uh, to share, right? And well, how we can make it uh, a good event. I think that the, organizing an event is also fun in itself, right, for the people. Uh, because then you just, you know, uh, you have to think and ponder and it's just crafting some things like that. That's beautiful. And it's not yeah. like IKEA, right? That you just have, it, have the package and the instruction. There is no instruction here and there is no package. Everything has to be created. So that's the beauty of it. Yeah. yeah. So I think with that, um, it's over to, um, the guest for today. Yes. For the sure. conversation you had. Yeah. So there is a conversation we did with Daniel uh, and uh, and Mara Bloom, that is a very good good friend of Daniel, that already came to speak at IBM uh, for one of the sessions that Daniel was uh, organizing. It was a live session. So we re-invited Mara to be with us and to really talk about her, um, you know, her experience, her life. So she is uh, the executive director for the Massachusetts General Cancer Center. So we're going to talk a little bit about this, a little bit about, you know, her mindfulness journey, what it means mindfulness, how it helps her day. We will talk a little bit about time management as well. Uh, so it's a good conversation between friends because I guess that Mara and Daniel are friends for a long time. Uh, but there is a lot of, uh, you know, good uh, point of view because, you know, Mara is from a totally different world than our world. So that's also nice. So enjoy the conversation and thank you so much for listening. And talk to you in one week for now with another episode. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, today we have Mara Bloom from Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, she and I have been friends now for a really long time, colleagues before that. And I'm just thrilled to welcome Mara to the Mindfulness podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Emmanuel. It's so nice to be here. And um, so where, where do we start? Uh, um, maybe tell us, uh, Mara, something um, about you, right? Like uh, what, uh, what you do, where you are, and sure. why, uh, why life is great for you. Now, <laughs> I uh, am very blessed uh, and grateful just to be uh, on the planet and on the earth. I like to say I feel my top identity is human first and mm. always remembering that um, and is, is important. I am a mom of uh, two wonderful children, Aliyah, who just graduated from Babson a few weeks ago, and mm. my son, Nathaniel, who is graduating from high school uh, here in uh, Newton, Massachusetts uh, in uh, two weeks uh, from now. And I have an amazing husband, uh, Joel Bloom, who's my partner uh, in this uh, life. And I couldn't do anything I do uh, without him. He's really my soulmate. And in my day job, I'm a hospital administrator. I am Vice President of Cancer Services at Mass General uh, Hospital, 
been in hospital administration for over 25 years. And I also lead a master's program with a colleague, uh, Kevin Tucker, uh, who is vice president of education at Mass General Brigham. We co-lead a master's in clinical service mm -hmm. operations at Harvard Medical School. And it's very exciting because this week, we have graduated our 2022 glass class in an in-person graduation. And on Sunday, we are graduating our 2020 and 2021 classes who did not have an in-person graduation. They had a virtual graduation. So, so I'm a mom, a wife, uh, a hospital administrator, and a professor. <laughs> I guess those are some of my identities. And I also do a lot of work at my synagogue where I participate in the social justice group and do a lot with uh, gun violence prevention and food equity um, and a number of other causes. And just uh, my heart goes out to the people of Uvalde, people of Buffalo, uh, New York, where there have been these two tragedies. and. Mm. You know, our work really started at my synagogue around uh, the Tree of Life shooting several years ago. And it's just so sad that since that tragedy, since Sandy Hook, since Parkland, there really has been mm -hmm. no improvement. So those are some of my identities. And I just feel very blessed to be here uh, and in this podcast and to be sharing with you and I can't tell you um, how grateful I am for my friendship uh, with Daniel. He's been a real great uh, coach and mentor and friend over the years. And I'm delighted to meet you too, Emmanuel. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, to summarize how amazing Mara is, I mean, it, she just said it um, with humility that she is a person mm -hmm. of service, regardless of you know the hat uh, or the role that she plays. I see her as a, a walking spirit that, you know, came down to this earth to, to provide love in many shapes and forms. And when I first met Mara, um, she didn't realize that. Um, and it, it took her, you know, a few years to kind of get through the, um, I guess, the boundaries that she put in front of herself. Um, and once she was able to kind of tap into the true essence of who she was, it was it was just incredible, you know. She was walking day to day and 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 finding intuition and spirit and, and following that. And and she still does, you know, and now she's aware of it. She's like, Oh <laughs> oh, okay, well if I need to tap in, I know how to do it just like that. I'm not not afraid of it. And if anything happens that gets in the way. I realized that more than likely it's me. Um, so I see her as, as nice. being free. Uh, uh, one thing actually, you know, you, uh, that perhaps I would like to ask you as well. And we talk about love, right? And their ability to um, bring it and to you know, help people and so on. I think this ability or skill or uh, it's not a it's not a way of being. It's just a, something we can cultivate, right? So we, it it is not that you're you're born like that and that's it. And if not, whatever. But it's something you can grow uh, in the right way. 
What do you think? I totally agree with that. I think that in order to grow your heart, you have to listen to yourself and you also have to shed some of the ego, right? Because sometimes the ego gets in the way of really truly being present and truly being able to love, to give and to receive love, right? Sometimes it's harder to receive than it is to give. But I feel like if you can truly be in the moment, which is something Daniel has really taught me uh, how to do, and I could share with you how I met Daniel, because it's a great story. But I think that what Daniel said about tapping in, when you can find ways to tap into your inner self and you can put the busyness of life aside because I shared some of those identities. And when you have all those identities and things going on in life, it's pretty busy. There are lots of checklists and things to do in the course of a day, but life isn't about checking off boxes. Life is about living and being present and being there for the people you love and also giving out that love and radiating that love even to people you don't know uh, or to different groups of people. And I, 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 I agree with you that that's really important, but as you grow and find ways, and I've done it through meditation primarily and through being alone with myself, right? Taking that time for myself, which I didn't do when I was younger. I always had to be busy. I always had to be doing something. And as I got older, I learned how to slow down, to think, to take time. And then that makes me more accessible to others and it, it, it expands your ability to love. Nice. And what is... Uh... What, what role mindfulness plays in your experience of every day? Well, I do meditate every day, and I think that that is the most important thing that yeah. I've learned how to do probably over the last five years. And when I first met Daniel, he asked yeah. me if I meditated or did yoga, and my answer to him is, that's not for me. I can't sit still, that's not for me. And Daniel was my executive coach. <laughs> and uh, he really, it took me a while to listen to him and to be open to that. And once I tried it, I realized, wow, there's actually something here. I remember the first time I meditated, I put my timer on my phone for five minutes. And I said, well, everybody says this meditation stuff is so good. I know I cannot sit for five minutes. I'm going to put my timer on. And believe it or not, I was able to quiet my mind and to sit for five minutes. And I shut the timer off and I just sat still and breathed and tried to, you know, relax all the different parts of my body. And then eventually I, you know, read books and learned different methods, learned about the chakras and 
energies and different things. But those first few times, it was really just sitting down and breathing and being still. And uh, even the first time I was able to go about 20 minutes and I was so happy afterwards and it was brought me such peace. And now I meditate for about 20 minutes a day. I also like walking and I find Mm -hmm. that in walking, if I'm walking alone, not with people, it's really meditative and I can bring myself uh, mindfulness. So Daniel also taught me, you know, I when I came to him, I was having a lot of frustrations at work, particularly interpersonal frustrations with other people, particularly people I reported to. And um, that was creating a lot of frustration and friction in my life. And Daniel said, just go to a stairwell and walk up the stairs or go for a walk. And I even said, I don't have time for a walk. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time. And I did that. I walked up the stairs one day and I said, wow, this actually works. So now I actually, whenever I get a 10 to 15 minute break, people see me buzzing out and I go walk up Beacon Hill, uh, this great, um, cobblestone hill i walk Mm -hmm. up and back it takes me 10 minutes and i look at the trees i look at the beautiful architecture i hear the birds and i come back and i'm ready to tackle whatever i need to tackle and at the end of daniel's um session the other day with the ibm team it was a lot of fun he did a drumming practice and he asked a question what would you do if you made more space for yourself or time for yourself and or something to that effect. I don't remember the exact words, Daniel, but I was thinking about that question is so deep. Like I make time to go for those walks and I am now so much more productive at work. I am more thoughtful and more grounded. I'm a better person, I'm a better Mara, (laughs) because I do those things. And those things are so small. Mm. But what if I did other things? Could I bring more to this world by taking more time for myself? And Mm. a lot of times you have to let go of the ego, because letting go of certain things may mean I let go of this title, I let go of this salary, I let go of something, but maybe sometimes, you know, or if you say I let go of this hour, maybe that's somebody will judge me for that. And people do judge you, believe me. Every time I go out for a walk, I know somebody is judging me because, oh, there she goes again. (laughs) But I don't judge myself because I'm taking that time for myself. And I know that that is really something that I need and it's going to make me a better person. So I don't mind the judgment. And Daniel knows I was one of those people like a road warrior at work, you know, I still am to a certain extent, but it's not because I feel like people are watching me or I have to do this. I have to be in at 7 a.m. I have to work. I can't leave before all my staff leave. Uh, Yeah, I used Mm -hmm. to have a lot of constructs like that, which I think were, 
you know, maybe things you see on TV or you grow up mm -hmm. with and you think that that's how you're supposed to act and be. But now I'm just, you know, I, I shared that it was my birthday uh, Monday, last last Monday, and or this Monday, <laughs> and um, how uh, once I hit 50, I just let all those defenses down. And now I'm 53 and I'm just very happy. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, um, I think what you you were just describing, right, as well, is the, uh, you know, the, in general, it's a, you can summarize with prioritization, right? So, like you, when in life has many elements, but we always prioritize what to do at any moment, right? And our focus, our energy, everything, and you know, prioritizing for yourself. No, when you go for a walk, when you take that time for meditation, when you take that time for connecting with people, um, choose that, right? It's not something that happens. And the more aware you have of, of any moment, the more you have the skills to choose at the best. And, and it's not trivial, particularly in the working environment. Prioritization is key to get the things done. Uh, but not only, right? Also in life. So thank you for sharing. Nice thoughts. But I, what, what about your the environment you are working on, right? So uh, you you mentioned that you work with hospitals and with the cancer research center. Uh, is there a place for mindfulness um, in in this area, right? With uh, uh, you know patients or uh, you know people that are working in healthcare and so on. Yes, I am incredibly fortunate to work at an amazing cancer center and for over 30 years we've been integrating what we call supportive care services into the cancer treatments so in cancer care you may know that you can get great standard treatments you could get fantastic experimental treatments at a place like mass general clinical research but we also provide supportive care which is mental health and wellness. We uh, provide classes on mindfulness. We have a whole program on mindfulness and uh, where we help support patients. There's a lot of research even showing how meditation, mindfulness um, and nutrition, many other things can be helpful during a cancer journey. So I would say that it's becoming common practice now uh, to integrate that into cancer care. And unfortunately, many of the uh, practices that we have in integrative medicine, which include acupuncture, massage, yoga, um, psychosocial services, nutrition, those are not reimbursed by healthcare. So the insurance does not reimburse them. So we do a number of fundraisers where we raise money for these services. And we spend about, about a million and a half dollars a year on different practitioners who help support these patients. And then we have conferences. We have one coming up um, in about, to support patients, survivorship groups where patients support one another and uh, and people share their practices. And 
And that has become really mainstream, which is great because, and also supporting the caregivers, not just the cancer patient. So that's, that's another piece. It's not, cancer doesn't just affect the individual, it affects the whole family. So how do we help the caregiver who may be doing all this heavy lifting, supporting the family and running around to appointments? How do we protect that person too and keep them whole? So that's become really important. And we have a phenomenal team. And I sometimes feel like I am one of the few people um, in my team that really believes in this. And I had a very difficult discussion the other day where some of the funding we have for some of these services is going away. And I had put a proposal together that we use some of the philanthropy coming from an event. And there were four of us in the meeting and yeah, everybody was saying, well, this $600,000, maybe we should use it for something else. Maybe we should use it for research or for, uh, for physician services or other types of efforts. And I really stood my ground to say, this is important. This is important to our patients mm -hmm. and to our families. We need yeah. these services. So yes, there's a place for it, but I feel that I also have to be an advocate because if we take our eye off the ball, people will swoop in and these services yeah. will disappear like this if we don't yeah. keep advocating for them. So uh, I'm fortunate I... to have a few other people on my team who really believe in this and we, we really advocate for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to know that the one thing that I, I feel it helped me a lot is to learn how to deal with the difficult situations, right? So, um, you know, not when, or not only when you get sick, but also when somebody that you love is in trouble or is sick or is even, you know, in a significant, uh, you know, critical and chronic situation, to, to know how to behave, right? In that way, nobody thought that how to do it. It just observe others, right? And, and mindfulness at least gave me the ability to understand how things work, how things work inside, and uh, how should you be more, uh, you know, self-compassionate and compassionate at the same time. Uh, and that's crucial in this environment, right? You know, how, how people behave around uh, other people might really change the things and everything. So, uh, and that's only one of the things. Daniel, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I had focused a lot on healthcare also mm -hmm. for the longest time. I mean, that's really where my career had on launched from. And as I got into working into organizations, realizing that um, people in healthcare, all, all of us <laughs> um, that are receiving care are the same people that need to advocate for each other in various aspects of our life. It doesn't matter where we are. Um, I chose to then integrate it into the workplace and into leadership, into problem solving and organizational um, meeting organizational goals, but really seeing that as a skill set and a practice that can be applied in, in various walks of life 
and advocating for it um, in that manner. And more recently, it, it seems that using different words other than mindfulness are way more, um, I guess it has more ground for some reason, like people accept it more, you know, yeah. um, even using the phrase outward mindset in the book that I'm reading and the, you know, um, Mara um, is, is into also seeing those connections that we're not even talking about mindfulness at all. Yet I've gotten connected with the folks at the Institute that actually wrote all the books and guess what they're talking about? Guess what the underpinnings of all the work is? It's exactly mm. the same thing. So it's an expression of the work though. You know, they're not talking about, hey, let's go meditate. They're talking about the expression, just like Sharon Salzberg when I asked her last year of like, hey, what do you do when people tell you, you know, this mindfulness stuff is crazy, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. And she said, well, that's not what I talk about. Um, I asked them like, you know, hey, this is what it's done for me. And these are the results and the results speak for themselves. So you don't even have to focus on like the practice itself because as in, Mara had uh, expressed is that, yeah, sometimes I sit and meditate, other times I walk upstairs, other times I go on nature walks, I walk up Beacon Hill. So there's many, many different ways of cultivating self-awareness. And I think um, by embracing those and advocating for those is a health practice, it's a leadership practice, it's a human practice. It doesn't really matter what the heck we call it. And um, I think it's just something that, um, you know, helps us improve our lives and the lives of others in society as well. I think that one thing, what you're saying, Daniel, really resonates with me because I see it as the practice of self-reflection. And that practice really is when you have to step away from self, from the doing, and really think about who you are and it could be taking a moment to write to journal it could be walking it could be meditating it could be exercising but you have to get outside of yourself uh to 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 look at yourself and how you're acting and behaving and i think i did talk about on the ibm uh, meeting we had the other day that practice of reviewing your week or reviewing your day and I just was reading about this again this morning how important that is and whether you call that mindfulness or self-reflection or getting myself organized for the next week and to prioritize as Emmanuel was saying I think when you take a breath you stop, you take a moment, you step away from who you are in, the, in your identities, in your roles. You, you really create that space for mindfulness and reflection. And I think that when you're younger, it's much harder to do that. And I'm hoping that this next generation that, that they have grown up with mindfulness in a way that maybe we all didn't. And I think it's being taught in schools. Uh, Carol Dweck's uh, book, The Growth Mindset is a great one. The book that you've shared with me, Leadership and Self-Deception, 
really looking at the box <laughs> that we put ourselves into and step outside the box. <laughs> Don't put yourself in a box. <laughs> Don't put others in a box. I think that there are so many strategies for helping us to get there. And, uh, but it takes, it takes intentionality to do it. I guess that's the word. You have to be intentional about it. It just isn't going to happen by accident. I agree. And in, in a simple shift in perspective is it could be even meeting preparations. I used to, uh, you know, prepare for client meetings, and it was all about statistics. It's all about you know what are we looking to do with this product, or you know, getting our agenda satisfied. You know, on our perspective. Until I started shifting that into like, wait a minute, what are we looking to do together? What are we looking to achieve together? Right. And what's your plan? What's my plan? How am I getting in the way of that? And how am I impeding you from achieving your goals? So that's the way you practice now. And then part and part of my meeting preparation is actually like what you know some might refer to as mindfulness practice, self-awareness, and asking all of those questions. Um, you know, whether it's 45 minutes, an hour, or whatever it is. Like some days it'll take me, it'll take me two to three days just to prepare for a 15-minute presentation. And much of that is actually me sitting, it could be walking, but it's all about self, you know, reflection. Um, how I'm influencing, but how my team, my organization, all of us are are influencing the uh, the goals and the objectives that we're looking to achieve. And then how, like my strategy meetings are actually unwinding all that. Um, so I find myself doing less of like, um, you know, here's 15 minutes of, of, of a mindfulness practice for Daniel. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I do my breathing and just do it now. Um, but I integrate those practices into all my meeting planning, you know, all like, preparing for a discussion with my manager, uh, doing a presentation about a client. Like it's it's in there. It's just infused in. And um, until this conversation today, I actually put a lot of pressure on myself, feeling guilty for not like having a quote unquote formal mindful practice anymore, where I can look on my my phone or my app and see like, oh, I meditated 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, the average of it used to be like an average of 90 minutes a week you know what i mean and now it's like oh well i don't even use the app anymore because that's actually a distraction for me for my practice so it's just interesting how things can you know shift and evolve over time i think some people may call what you're doing in your work really it's emotional intelligence too mm. because you're really thinking about you know how you're showing up and you're thinking about the other not just how you're presenting in that moment, but how do you make this meeting or presentation? How is it a win-win for everybody? And how are you achieving the goals? And that's something I've never really thought about, but I think that's really important in leadership. And the way you described how you're organizing those meetings, to me, that seems like emotional intelligence and practice. That's really like embedding emotional intelligence in every step of the, the process, which I think is really crucial to leadership because you're thinking through the whole value stream of, of that interaction with that client. And for me, um, 
my clients, I don't have clients, but I work with a lot of physicians and nurses and we have initiatives and projects and we're working on issues in the clinic or we're building new programs and it's a lot of collaboration and sometimes it's easy to just try to push through agendas without really thinking through all the stakeholders. So I've been trying to do that more to really think through everybody's needs. And but I really like what you said because it feels really uh, like an authentic way to lead. Yes, and in all these labels and words and things that we put upon things, I, I think of it now as it's a relationship. You know, it's my opportunity to be in relationship with someone, a group, a team, an organization. And how I show up as my best self is my responsibility, no, nobody else's. Mm-hmm. So I put the time and effort into it. And learn from it too, because I'm not always the greatest that I, you know, want to be or that I thought I was. You know, <laughs> I don't judge myself anymore, but I learn from it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, nice. All work in progress. <laughs> so, um, what what's left uh, to share, uh, uh, Mara? We. Uh, we usually also share a practice with our listeners. I don't know if you want to lead the practice or describe us a way how you would uh, recommend to practice this week to everybody that is listening to us. So I think that the practice that I like the most is really to take time in your week to go back. So today is Friday. So I usually do this on Saturday mornings uh, to go back through your week and to look at your calendar and to, I usually go back to the following Sunday or Monday and I look at my calendar and because my calendar is my life basically, because I, have a lot of meetings and things and everything's in my calendar. So that's how I do it. And I look at every meeting on the calendar and think about all the interactions I had. And I think about how did I show up? Was I my best self? Did I say something that was inappropriate? Did I help move the ball forward? was I too self-centered? I have a tendency to sometimes over-talk because sometimes I just get so excited. I want to express myself and sometimes that's not great because it comes off as being a bit too much. And while I know that that is a gift, it could sometimes be a weakness. So I, I like to try to ensure that I'm allowing other voices in. Uh, I think about, you know, have I been a great mom or, you know, have I spent enough time with my kids, with my husband? And, you know, when you were saying, Daniel, in that practice we did the other day, what would you do if you had more time? I would say I'd probably like to spend more time with my family, with my husband, more time with him. So you go through your week and you really look and you just think. You don't have to have a structure to it. You just think about, okay, most of the times I feel great about the week and I really feel like, okay, this is good. I'm I'm really blessed. 
And then yeah. there may be a few things where I think that I can do better. So we'll do an exercise. Mm -hmm. So go back mentally, close your eyes, and we'll take, say, let's say we'll take two, three minutes, okay? So I'll, I'll be the timer. And if everybody closes their eyes, think about when you woke up, what did you have for breakfast? Did you have a cup of coffee? Did you have a glass of juice? And then just think through your day uh, and think about who you saw, what you did, how you acted. Were you there for yourself? Did you take time for yourself? Did you give yourself that space? Did you take time for others? Did you have meetings? Did you, did you have a day off? What did you do? And did you contribute? Uh, did you make this world a better place? And what could you do tomorrow that will really help you grow and others around you? So let's take two, three minutes and think about that. And then maybe Daniel and Emmanuel can share with me how their Thursdays uh, went.
Okay. It was just a couple minutes, but it feels like a long time. It did. <laughs> it feels like a long time. So, Emmanuel, how was your Thursday, and what were you proud of, and where would you like to grow for today? A beautiful day, and uh, I'm proud that I I noticed so many things during that day, right, since the early morning, um, when uh, I recall very well the preparation, the breakfast, the shower, uh, you know, the putting the kids in order, right, so to help them to get ready for school preparing breakfast for them and all the rest, right? Till the evening, right? When um, I could, you know, watch, I watched actually a stand-up on Netflix in the late evening, but before it was like a first time a hockey game with my, my son. Oh, um, uh, and uh, he's very much into hockey now, so that was nice. Um, and uh, till the late evening when, you know, at the final practice before going to sleep. Um, and, you know, I, I, what, what I'm, I, I notice is that the more, I, because I usually do the gratitude practice in the evening, right? Just thinking about the day. Um, and there are always too many things, right? And the things are growing with uh, um, awareness. And, I, and that's a beautiful Thing, right? So that's I'm proud about it. Uh, maybe I'm, the fact that I I would have perhaps dedicated even more time to the little ones, right? Uh, and sometimes you know you always have a choice, right? You have a business request uh, to be done tomorrow or today or by the end of the day, and uh, you always choose, right? Shall I? maybe wake up earlier to really make sure to make it or do it when they're sleeping or do it now be too tired right so there is always some better tweaks to do in this in this uh, um in this type of prioritization right um but i enjoy it you know i enjoy the day that's good but you look back and you see really how much you did right and you know, when you have a day and you have gratitude, it just propels you for the next day. And mm -hmm. for me, I do it once a week and Daniel had challenged me to do it once a day. And so mm -hmm. when I get the chance, I like to do it once a day because you're right, it enables you to have the gratitude, but to recalibrate and to say, you yeah. know what, I'd like to spend a little bit more time or be, sometimes it's not more time, it's being more present with the children. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's the time you have with them actually being fully present and not distracted or thinking about work or on your phone or yeah. I'm not saying you do that, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it's, it's sometimes hard not to be distracted. Yeah, no, that's true. Daniel, what, what happened with you when you went back through your Thursday? Um, I had appreciation for the fact that I realized that today I need to do way less than I did yesterday. Um, and that I had been, well, we're going to be away for two weeks. 
um, for vacation. And the last time that we were away, we it wasn't really by choice. We had to be away because of uh, doing some reconstruction on our house after some water damage. So I realized that um, in pre preparing to be on vacation for two weeks brought up all the fact that um, I had been kind of a bit anxious about being away from home, even mm. though that the place we're going to is, um, you know, a very wonderful place. Is that, um, you know, we've been home here for six months and um, we hadn't been in our home for two years. So although I'm excited about revisiting uh, or visiting, you know, the last place that we lived for almost a year, um, there's still this sense of feeling um, ungrounded and, and like, you know, memories from when we couldn't be here. You know, so it's just something I need to sit with a little bit longer and realize that um, it's good to have, it's better to have choices. And, um, and my choice is to actually recognize the energy I might be giving off to my partner and my daughter about the anxiety that I didn't realize that I had about it. Mm -hmm. So after That's we... That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Daniel. Thank you. But it's that, that the fact that you identified the anxiety and that that was mm. challenging, then you get that opportunity to somewhat course correct a little bit. So um, I was, I don't know if I have my ability to share my screen, which your listeners won't see, but. No, I, but we can describe it. Yeah, you can, you see my screen? So we see the calendar of Mara. You see, this was my Thursday, which is a typical day. So I can see Mara. that you have approximately half an hour free slot, or maybe <laughs> yeah. a bit more so minutes free slot. tell you, uh, here, right here, I walked out at 8.15 for that walk, that 15-minute walk, and then I did another walk right here. I ran out. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I was really thinking about my day and it was mm -hmm. even hard to remember all of these things. I probably remembered half of them in going through the meditation. And I, I, when I look back at this, I said, wow, I, I really blocked more. out most of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but what I thought about was that I had some really, um, productive, it was a very productive day. Mm -hmm. I, you know, spoke, met with a lot of people, supported different people on my team. I thought about my meeting with my boss here, who happens, his name happens to be Daniel as well, mm -hmm. and thought I felt a little bit impatient with him. I'll, I'll stop sharing this, but I thought you, you may find that interesting. Yeah. But, um, and I, I felt that I was a little bit impatient with him. Um, we were discussing some financial matters that, and, you know, and, but I did do a good job really trying to listen to what some of his needs were and realizing that we all may have different opinions on how to approach something, but he has some needs around this one issue and, you know, I need to be there for him. And I was getting a little frustrated because he was really um, very, uh, you know, passionate about it. And um, but I, I think I 
I could have been more patient. Mm-hmm. Even that's that was like that one that meeting really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And I remembered having a meeting with one of my team members where I was supporting her, and I thought, oh, that was a good discussion. I honestly I couldn't really remember all the meetings. <laughs> Just like a <laughs> and I remembered that we had a snafu in my house. My husband uh, was out getting my son a suit for prom, and mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't pick me up. So I said I'd get myself home, but then he had texted me to say he could pick me up. So I ended up taking a taxi home, which was you know expensive, and he showed up to my work, <laughs> and it was, a, and I didn't hear the text because I don't have my text on a um, with a ringer. So I mm. thought, wow, we have to have a better system of communicating with one another, which is pretty easy to do on the iPhone. I've just never set it up, but it was a little frustrating to him and I felt badly, but there's no way I could have known he was coming to get me. <laughs> so uh, that was a little mm. challenging and I felt, wow, I have to really do a better job uh, you know, communicating with my husband. And then I was thinking last night, because it was such a full day, I had a couple glasses of wine and maybe I don't need to have a couple glasses of wine. Uh, I'm having a couple glasses of wine every night just because it's been such a busy uh, season right now with all the graduations and it's just a nice way to unwind. But thinking, you know, I'd like to start to get my health um, in order, you know, exercising a little bit more and doing some other things. So that was what kind of went through my review process, but it was interesting. I really had a hard time without, usually I do this practice while looking at my calendar. Mm -hmm. So I go through every meeting and it takes me a long time to do it. But Mm -hmm. um, it was actually sort of nice not looking at the calendar. Mm-hmm. It's well, actually a you. nice practice to yeah. do with uh, with people. Like to, I, I, it would be worth as well to do in our mindfulness uh, connect experience, Daniel, uh, to yeah, bring it as uh, something like you know, think about your day and share it because the yeah. the sharing it openly, it connects in a different way. Yeah. So nice. Thank you for sharing, Mara. Um, um, you know, uh, and for you know, opening to what your days and what are your reflections so i think um uh that was a long but deep and very fascinating podcast thank you so much for for being with us thank you for inviting me thank you you so much for for bringing your guest thank you everyone for listening uh try this practice let us know if you want to come to the podcast and tell tell us about your day and uh, uh, what's your reflection we are welcoming you into our podcast anytime uh, till then, till next time, have a lovely mind for the rest of the week and uh, talk to you soon. Bye.